message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. My name's uh, Tom Touchdown. I'm a pastor here at VBF. A lot of you may not know me a lot because uh, I, 17 years ago I started our Visalia campus, moved to Cal State, and three years ago Pastor Ron asked me to give leadership after the pandemic to the Northwest. So I'm out here to introduce somebody that I was supposed to train up and is now our new campus pastor over at the Northwest, Tom Hollenbeck, speaking on Sunday. Good morning, Valley Bible Fellowship. How are you guys doing this morning? Okay, cool. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Before we get started, um, man, Bakersfield's beautiful when it rains. Is it not? Someone said, really? Yes, really. Believe it or not, despite all that cow and agriculture, we have, uh, we have uh, some beautiful Rocky Mountains around us. It was really cool if you got to see um, the, the snow on those mountains on your drive over this morning. If you didn't, it was probably because you were praying on the car ride over, which is great. Good job. You're in the right place if you're a prayer person. Um, before we get started here this morning, I do have a couple of things. Um, if you're like, hey, I'd like to know a little bit more about your church, well, you can do so uh, by going online to vbf.org, or there is an app that you can download called the Church Center app, um, something that's really cool for us this morning. I'm, I'm doing announcements not only for here, but also for the Northwest Campus. Hey! <laughs> Who just hayed me over here? I was haying the Northwest. How dare you? Um, but if you would, if you'd like to know more information, you can do so um, by going to vbf.org. We do want to highlight somebody very special, though, today. It's our volunteer of the week. Give it up for Alexandria Dominguez. She has attended VBF for almost 10 years and has attended in our nursery for over one year, and she loves to be involved in the nursery, something um, that is amazing. She loves being around babies. Um, and I don't know if it's just me or if it's a, just a natural thing. Babies, um, babies are a lot, ladies and gentlemen. And for her to be out there and to love being out there is, is absolutely uh, fantastic. But she also says that she loves helping our church families. And so um, if you see her around, if you're one of the lucky ones that gets to put your, your little one in her arms and her care during our church services, please, when you see her next, say thank you to her, love on her. And uh, throughout this week, if you guys could be praying for her, um, it doesn't hurt uh, because volunteering is a big deal. If you would like to be involved, we would love to have you be involved. First step attend our Elevate 101 class. It'll be happening next Sunday, uh, March 5th. You can sign up by going to the aforementioned Church Center app. Well, good morning. I hope everybody uh, that that word good applies to you this morning. Um, we are keeping it simple, and uh, I'm excited for what it is that God wants to do in this place. There is something that just feels right this morning. There's something that feels different this morning. And uh, it is the very presence of God. It's the very spirit of God uh, in this place. It's the very spirit of God when believers come together and we worship together. It's so good. Um, 
I've heard a lot of people over the years talk about, you know, being, whether you want to call it church hurt or, you know, I've, I've gone to church, it's just not for me. Um, maybe that might be the case. You know, being involved in a group of people like this is, it can be very time consuming. It can be very uh, difficult. But at the same time, it is so good when the power um, of people coming together, just needing God collectively, that song, nothing else. Oh, that song is just so power-filled that, you know, singing these words together, whatever worship song it is, but singing it together and singing out to the Lord and just, and just reminding your heart, reminding yourself, reminding your circumstances or situations that it is God that we're going after and it is God that we want. And so wherever it is that you find yourself this morning, I hope you brought your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, um, there's a, a, an app that you can download called the Bible app. It's a great resource. You can have nearly every Bible I think ever written put on that thing for you to, um, for you to download. And uh, we have, the, we have the, 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 some of the young ones in here with us this, this morning. I'm not going to have you guys stand up and hoot and holler, but at both campuses we have uh, uh, the young ones in here this morning. And uh, welcome, young ones. You are the future. You are the future. And so uh, this morning, it's very, very simple. Um, as I've been talking to God throughout the last couple of days about what it is to speak about, this has not been easy. And not that it normally is or that that is the expectation, but it just, it just wasn't. This time around, it wasn't easy. And um, we're talking about belief here this morning and something that God has just been speaking to me over and over and over is just to keep it simple. And so I want to let everybody know a little bit about me because I believe this is like, I think this is my third time speaking on a Sunday morning. Um, I speak once a month on our Wednesday night services. Uh, if you do not attend, not a big deal. You don't have to go twice a week. Um, it is, uh, it's just something that we do, uh, if you would like to, if Wednesday nights are, are, a, are, are working better for your schedule. But normally when I get up here, I like to share a little bit about myself. And so just real quickly, I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you my story. Uh, uh, I'm 32 years old now. I attended VBF since I was in third grade and I would always sit around that side of the room and I'll never forget after going to college and doing my thing and and, and being, I'm the firstborn of four, and so naturally as a firstborn, it's, it's, you know, you turn 18, you're like, I'm out of the house, I'm done, you know, I'm a man, call me Tom, not Thomas any longer. And that's just kind of how it was. And so at 18, I moved out of the house, and uh, I moved over to San Luis Obispo, and times got hard, and times became what they were, and I remember at the age of 19, um, uh, my, my later part of my 19 uh, year reign, um, I was sitting right over there uh, on a Sunday morning, and I have no idea what Pastor Ron said during that message. All I know is that when I got up to leave, God said, you're getting baptized today. And so I walked over to the baptismal tank, um, I got dunked, and then uh, moved back to Bakersfield, Continued to go to school, but then now I started going to the college ministry, and I was getting involved in the college ministry, and I, and I, and I told uh, the worship leader there at the time, I said, Shane, I, I, I want to get involved. He goes, well, what can you do? I said, I can sing. And so he said, we're having worship auditions. Come and get signed up for that. And so I did, and then he connected me with this guy, Brad, who is now uh, a pastor at a church in Ventura, California called Two Trees. 
And he and I, Brad and I, every week we would drive to Visalia, like Pastor Tom said. Every week we would drive to Visalia and we would uh, minister to uh, eight kids. And then, and then it was 10 kids. And then they started bringing their friends and then it was 15 kids. And then it was like 20 kids. And just every week, day in and day out, we were going and we were, um, I'll never forget the name of the first kid I ever got the phone number of and began to minister to. His name was Adam. He had a buzzed head and he was a rough skater boy from Visalia. He thought he was so cool. And uh, it, was, it was just, that was the start of it. And then from there, um, I was given the opportunity to lead then the uh, college ministry over there at that camp campus, just doing the best that I could to minister to those college kids. And it went from the leaders that were in that high school ministry in Visalia to then 10 people. And then we were going up there to have Bible studies. And then we were going up there to have uh, little events. And then they merged with our, our college ministry here. We went out bowling and it was a lot of fun there. And, and then Brad and I started doing the high school ministry here. And then uh, I was still just doing worship and then doing worship both there and in the junior high ministry because we didn't have anybody. Hashtag need volunteers. And then it was something where... Um, from there, growing into then being given the opportunity to lead the junior high ministry, and then leading the junior high ministry and doing that for three years, and then I got uh, put into the high school ministry and then becoming the high school uh, pastor there, and then doing the events and doing the Bible studies and doing the things, and then, and then COVID hit, and then that was fun. If you all remember COVID, that was something that happened. And uh, I remember just having this, this entire sanctuary absolutely empty on Sunday mornings, and we would, we would shoot the, uh, the, the videos and, and get those out and stream those out, and we were shooting videos for the kids to keep the kids. We did a, I don't know if you know this, we did an online youth conference um, for your students, and that was a crazy success. We were able to get special speakers from Hume Lake. We were supposed to able to get special speakers that were part of football team, college football teams, and, and we just, we put all this stuff together, and then... And and then COVID started backing off a little bit, and, and, and then we opened up our Northwest campus, and I was placed over the Northwest campus. And that is a little bit of how um, I got to then now being here on, on the 26th of February, and just being in this place, and it just, it started, it started with just belief. But now let me tell you about the bad times. <laughs> the times where I didn't want to go to Visalia. Because I don't know if you know, it's basically just a small Bakersfield. I'm not going to like New York or Los Angeles. I'm going to like, to like not Bakersfield. And I'm dealing with kids, high school kids who are in their mind and probably actually true, cooler than me. And we have nothing in common because we don't live in the same city, so we can't talk about the new thing that happened over on that street because it doesn't translate. And then, and then on top of that, you're trying to go above and beyond for these kids, and, and, and you know, it's, it's 9 a.m. worship, and so you guys are a, a little more dead than normal, and so, you know, worship is just kind of, the kids are just staring at you, and you're just trying to give everything you have to God, but the kids are just like, next, next. <laughs> Where's Brad? You're just like, oh, almost. He's almost here. Um, but it just, you know, these people, it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a tough time. And, and then it's, I mean, Visalia is not a 10-minute drive. And then that's not even to mention traveling with people that, you, that you're not even close with necessarily. You're like, oh, so you're a Christian. Oh, yeah, you're from the world. Oh. 
Okay, well, that's about it. That's all we got. And so, like, you know, communicating and then, and then going up there, um, you know, it's a, it, we would drive in the afternoon and then we would drive back and it was, you know, it was a, it was a later night and, and then not being able to spend as much time with your family as you would like to. I mean, considering at the time I was single, didn't really have my own family, but I still have family, brothers and sister and, and parents to hang out with. But, and so, you know, going to holidays and doing different things, that was difficult. Not to mention, you know, the, the, the transition period of, of having a friend, like having your friends prior to being a Christian and then that little mingling weird part where you don't necessarily know who can fit and talk to who and who can hang out with who or whatever. And then let's not even talk about Christian dating because that's fun. The do's and the don'ts, the can and cannots, you know, uh, Lord, is it okay to hold her hand or am I going to hell? Like, I don't know. And so, you know, trying that out and then that's, that's, you know, that has its own set of issues and problems. And, and then, you know, as you're trying to do the best that you can um, in leading these, these, these young men and women in, in following and knowing and loving the Lord, there now becomes a, a set of rules and restrictions that you cannot do. Not because of the church, but because of scripture. Like, you know, it's one thing to not live a certain lifestyle as a Christian, but now as a, as a, as a youth leader, you are now limited to a lot of different things that you weren't limited to before. And it would be a lot easier for me to just quit and go and do whatever I want to do rather than limit and restrict myself for these kids. And it got difficult in the ups and the downs and the rights and the wrongs and, and, and all of this. And I think about how the only thing that kept me in it was belief. The only thing that keeps us in this is belief. And like I said, I was doing the junior high for three years and I did the high school for two years prior to that. And then I did the high school for three to four-ish years after that. Adding all those numbers up and I forget that I lived all that. That's kind of crazy. And then let me tell you about my last year. When I got to be a part of the wedding ceremonies of these kids that were my junior hires. And I got to do, it was crazy, December was a wild month for me. I got to do three of those weddings, back to back to back. And being able to be a part of those lives, being able to see, remembering when they were those like two little awkward junior hires, being there when, 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 this, when this person came into the ministry and be like, I remember you coming in. I remember meeting you. I remember, I remember the moments that we shared where you were, you were kind of sassy because you were Al's kid. You know, it was, it was one of those things where you just, I don't know if I gave too much information away. I might have. Um, but I just remember, you know, being a part and watching them grow up, watching them wrestle with who God was and where God was. And I wish that I could tell you, you know what, guys, it was because the Lord came down and, and did this and that. It was, it, it was due to a relationship with God. It was due to knowing who Jesus was and knowing how it is that God operates. You don't always see it all the time, but it simply comes down to belief. And I wanna look at what belief is in scripture. And once again, like I was saying, this was a very difficult process of, of trying to hear what God wanted to say because I don't know how much of it was me 
that I had to kick out or how much of it was God wanting, to me, wanting me to really understand this topic. But if you're not familiar with scripture, the Old Testament is written in a different language and the New Testament is written in a different language. So this morning, when we look at the Hebrew definition of, of uh, the word belief, we're also gonna look at the Greek definition of the word belief because when in the Old Testament, it references Abraham as um, believing what God said, and because he believed in what God said, it was counted to him as righteousness, it's gonna be a different word, <clears throat> excuse me, than what is said in the New Testament when Jesus tells us to believe in him and believe in the Father. It's gonna be two different uh, translations, but it is the same word. And so I wanna look at those definitions here real quickly, but let's look at, the English definition, because for the majority of us, that's, that is what we speak. <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, belief in the dictionary is to accept something is true. Feel sure of the truth of. That's a fun sentence to say. Feel sure of. To feel sure of. The Hebrew definition comes from a word that is pronounced amen. To trust in or believe in, to trust in, <clears throat> or believe in. Belief definition in Greek is the word pisteo, means joyful trust conjoined with the obedience to Christ. If you're noticing a trend here, it's, it's talking about trust. Uh, uh, the, the simplest way that I can, that I can say it is that before you sat down in your seats, you did not analyze the structure of the chair. You didn't ensure, you didn't put weights on it that are equivalent to yours and set it down and then look at it and say, okay, cool. Okay, I can sit in this. No, you just sat in it, believing that it was gonna hold you up. You never saw that it was capable of holding you up. Sure, you heard stories. Yeah, chairs hold you up. I've seen it before. I've done it before. I'm just assuming, I'm believing, I'm trusting that this chair is going to hold you up. That's my best kind of analogy that keeps it real simple for us. To believe. But now what does that look like when it comes to following Jesus Christ? To believe in who God is. Because Abraham, when God told him, Abraham, you are supposed to leave this group of people and go to a new land. It said when Abraham heard that from God, he believed it. Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. And as I've been taking this time to talk to the Lord about this, and as I've been taking this time to really look into this and see God, give me something I, I, I don't understand because I do understand. You've heard Pastor Ron, talk about knowing it. You just know. You know that you know that you know that you know. But what about you new people here? Or what about you people who have been here for X amount of time, but you still don't feel like you have it under control? That you don't, that you don't feel that, that, that God is um, working in your life because you don't necessarily have the metrics or the data to look at it. I want to encourage you. I'm a big imagination guy. Um, I really like to draw. I really like to be creative. I do the best that I can to try to create things and, and, and build things or draw things or color things or, or try to, you know, write things that, that have never been written before. 
And I believe every single one of us, God has, been, has given us an imagination for a reason. It's to do the very thing that he's talking about us doing right here and right now. Because what was it that Abraham saw when he was on his way to sacrifice Isaac when God called him to sacrifice Isaac? It says that Abraham believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead. How did he know that God would do that? What made him think that God would do that? We don't have from scripture that God said that he was going to do that. Was, was Abraham using his imagination? Was he, was he looking so far into the future to say, I know who my God is. And God, you promised a son to me. You told me that through me and my wife, we would have a son and this lineage would continue. We would have kids as numerous as the stars, uh, um, a group of people that would be uncountable. God, you, even though you want me to sacrifice my son, you told me. So what I believe that you would do because you are a good God who created the heavens and the earth, I believe you to raise him from the dead if you are going to have me sacrifice him. And I believe in 2023, when the world is probably darker than it's ever been, God is calling on the church to believe in him again. Because it's, it's funny how we, have, how we have the light of the world, the hope of glory, right? We have Jesus Christ, who I believe had to use this imagination when it says in Hebrews that he looked to the cross and, 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 and despised the shame and didn't have anything to do with it because he looked forward and he saw us. He had to believe that we were worth it. Why wouldn't we live like that in 2023? Why should we be beat up because another law was passed or another school did this or another thing happened again? Why, why do we let TikTok and YouTube and the news tell us what we should think or what we should feel? Why, why don't we turn to scripture and, and say, God, I get it. it, it's, it's, it, it revelation is inevitable. I get it. You never said if you pray hard enough, it, it won't happen. I get that. But Lord, the church still will stand because, because Jesus said that even the gates will not be able to fight against what the church is going to pro progress and, 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 and accomplish and go after. And ladies and gentlemen, you and I are in a place right now where, yeah, we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we do see Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, and we are to believe in him. And I'll never forget the way that um, there was a while back where Pastor Ron was going through prophecy. And there's this diagram that I don't even know what you would type in to, to look it up. But it was this diagram of a prophet standing on a mountaintop. And the, the prophecy that the, that the prophet saw was on another mountaintop. But there was still the valley that they had to go through in order to get there. There was still the valley that was necessary to go from one mountaintop to the other mountaintop. And we are in a day where everything needs to be explained. I can't wait to get to heaven and I get to watch the VHS tapes of how the earth was created. 
High school students, VHS is like what videos used to come on. Just to help you out. They're like, what is that? But I bet it's going to be a lot different than we think. And we'll probably, you know, be surprised by that. And I, and I wonder with where you are at in your relationship with God, are you really willing for, for, and, and ready for God to do whatever it would take for you to see him? Are you, are you and I ready to believe that no matter what it is that God is doing, it's just at the end of it, we just go, Lord, as long as I am closer to you at the end of it, as long as I know how to hear your voice by the end of it. There was this guy in our Visalia campus, um, older gentleman, fell in love with God, absolutely fell in love with God. But prior to that, he was living with his baby mama, and living a lifestyle of a lot of drinking and a lot of um, partying and doing all that. So then he gets on fire for God and his wife, or, or not his wife, his baby mama wanted nothing to do with him. Kicked him out of the house. So now he has nowhere to live. Doesn't get to see his son anymore. He's not drinking anymore and he's not partying anymore. So now he's like depressed. And then because of, of the way that things were going, he ends up losing his job. That sounds miserable but he believed and he kept fighting and he kept showing up to not only our college ministry but then to our, win- or to our Sunday mornings and then little by little he would talk about, hey, I just got another job, I'm working again. Like, oh, that's so great, let's keep going, let's keep praying, let's stay up, let's stay prayed up and then he goes, you'll never believe it. Baby mama wants me around my son again. It's like, okay, cool, keep it up, keep believing, keep going, keep fighting, keep going, keep fighting. He's like, we're engaged. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep going. Keep fighting. And he goes, we're getting married tomorrow. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep going. And it was just this, what God had to do is he had to cleanse it. But at the end of it, he was closer to God than he was prior to it. But there was that valley he had to go through. And God said to him, hey, you are going to have the desires of your heart. It was still the same baby mama. It was still the same kid. But God had to clean up and had to take us through the valley a little bit. Thank God for the church to encourage him and still be a part of it. Thank God that there were groups of believers that were with him to call him and text him. And thank God that he would inspire pastor to send us all to Visalia. Thank God there were people who said yes to go to Visalia. Thank God that there were these moments that were set up, but it all starts from this idea of belief. When Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. Why is that? And I want to land in in this verse this morning. It's John 3.16. This was the verse that God would not let me not think about. Because we read this verse... And this sounds like the most important verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, believes in him, 
will not perish but have eternal life. And what's so funny, you know, there's this song that I was listening to the other day. It just came on on the radio, so I'm not vouching for it or anything like that. So I don't, I don't know the context necessarily of the song. But he said, he said, if I don't get to hunt in heaven, I don't want to go. <laughs> Biblically, I can't say if that's right or wrong. I can't say that we're not going to be able to hunt in heaven I can't say that we are going to be able to hunt in heaven. But I use that because a lot of people are like, listen, I don't do the church thing. I can't stand with choir robes on and sing sun up to sun down. I'm just, I'm too manly or, or I don't have a good singing voice or, or my house isn't that white and clean like heaven's supposed to be. So how is my room supposed to be clean when I get to heaven? Like there's a lot of people that disregard, like, you know, Pastor Tom, is there gonna be a gym in heaven? I don't know. Do we, are we allowed to have that kind of stuff in our room? I don't know. I can't say that we can and I can't say that we can't. But there is a time in scripture where these men come to Jesus and they say, hey, you know, this woman, she's married to this man, but then that man dies and then, you know, due to the tradition, then that guy would then marry her and then he dies, that guy then marries her. And he, so whose wife is she when, 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 he, when they get to heaven? And Jesus goes, if that's what you're worried about, you're missing the point of heaven. Because God knows the desires of our heart. Like I said, I can't say that you can't hunt or fish. I can't say that maybe for some people if shopping is your hunting because you're hunting for deals, like if that's your thing, I can't say that we don't get to do that, but that's just not the point. So when you read a scripture like that, you will have eternal life. And if your knee-jerk reaction is, ah, eternity doing this? Maybe your life's a lot harder. Maybe you find yourself in, in terrible thoughts and, and, and you're, just, you're anxious for the day that the Lord comes back. You know, you might find yourself more negative than you are positive or you find yourself um, attacking more people in your brain than you do anything else. If, if the idea of, this eter of, of eternal life is you continuing to do this, I can tell you this is not going to go on forever. This is broken. What we're living in is broken, which is why we needed Jesus and we need a savior. That is why this is the way that it is. But when we sit back and we believe in God and we look to his goodness and we look to his grace and we look to his mercy, there is something coming for us that is so much better than whatever has entered the heart and the thoughts of us. And I want to give you guys three points, and they're going to be real quick. How is it that we come to a place where we can believe? First one, you got to receive a word from God. I don't know what you've been taught. I don't know how you've learned about God and all that. But if you have not heard the voice of the Lord if you've not been given a verse, like, like, you know, maybe up here you heard John 3, 16 a thousand times in your life, but today something pierced your heart, it's a rhema the word talks about. A rhema that takes you from, from, from this position of being nailed on a cross and this man that is nailed on the cross right next to you, you are fully aware that you are deserving of death but you still look to that man and you say, Jesus, remember me when you go into your kingdom. 
Not where you're so filled with guilt and shame that it's insurance. Hey, I'm just gonna, hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna invest in this right now because in case I die and go to hell, I want him to remember me, hopefully. No, that's not it. Where he knew he was fully due what he was given. But something changed in him and said that there's, no, no, remember me. And we have to come to a place where that is how we live as believers in God. Because doing it on your own, I've told God so many times, if you forgive me, I will never do this thing again. Please, I will never do this thing again. And God has to sit back and be like, that's Tom, that is adorable. That is adorable. You are going to do it again unless you invite me in. Tom, you will make that mistake again unless you invite me in. Unless you make me the centerpiece of your life and the centerpiece of your thinking, you will make those mistakes every single time. So you have to receive a rhema from the Lord. You've got to receive a word from him. The second one, see the outcome. See the outcome. Use your imagination. Use the goodness of God. Once you get that rhema, some of you, like, you'll, you're not going to die single. It's like, okay, all right, Lord. He looks like this, you know? I imagine her making this much, you know? And you imagine it, and you see the outcome. I will never forget when my daughter was like, maybe like one, she fell off the counter. And I remember driving to the hospital and just yelling at God. She is your daughter, not mine. God, you have a plan for her. I don't. You are gonna use her to bring people to you. This is not gonna be the end for her. This is not going to end like this. I haven't seen her yet. I don't know what's going on. I, God, but at the same time, you have a plan. And just being able to literally like prophesy that, say that, remind myself of that. It's once you have that rhema from the Lord, then it's just, God, now all we got to do is just see it through. You want to do something in my life? Do it. Just show me where to go. Show me what to do. Show me what to say. Give me the boldness when the time comes. But God, you've got to see me through. Because when it's our own opinion and our own ideas, those get real weak real fast. If any of you are like a gym person, like you work out or whatever, and you start adding that weight on, like once you add like that certain amount of weight on where you're like, ooh, I don't know if I can do this. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I can. I mean, we'll see. No, 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 you can do this. I mean, you've never done it before, but you can do this. 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 And once you like put it on, whatever you're doing and whatever it is, you're just like, I don't think you can do this. It just happens, which is why you can't go off of your own idea. It's got to be a raiment from the Lord. And then you've got to see it through. And then the last point, begin to walk in it. Belief is the imagination. And faith is the execution. Begin to walk in it. 
Begin to take the step. Well, am I supposed to go to McDonald's today or Burger King? No, okay, hold on. It's not necessarily how God is going to necessarily, unless you're like on a diet, you know. God's not necessarily going to say, hey, I, I care about that minute detail. But it is going to be something where God wants us as a whole to trust that what he said, now begin to walk in it. Begin to take steps in the direction that take you to the rhema that he gave you. And so this morning, what we're gonna do is we have a few minutes. And I wanna offer up some time for you this morning to, if you have never received a rhema from the Lord, to receive a rhema from the Lord. At both campuses, we will have our prayer people up here. This will be a time that if anybody, if you're not in the family of God yet, you've never asked for the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you, if you've never believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you never did what John 3.16 says, and you've never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is now going to be that opportunity for you. There will be people who will want to make that decision. And I just encourage you to do so. This is the, the best. It is life. The life. Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We do a really good job of messing it up. But not so much so that God can't do anything with it. Thank the Lord that he says that he can work all things for the good of those who love him. Ah, Lord, thank you for that truth. Thank you for that truth. Because if God would have given up on me, saying, Tom, how could you mess this up? I gave you a good life, and look what you did with it. But thank the Lord that he stands back and he goes, no, I can work with that. I can work with that. And he can do the same in your life. Because I'm testimony of it. And God is so good. He's not afraid of you. You don't intimidate him. Whatever lifestyle that you have, whatever background that you have, even if you have a, a, a high position in the city or in your family, and you feel that, well, if I confess that I am weak, if I confess that I am strong. Ladies and gentlemen, that's kind of the point. God is supposed to be our strength. God is supposed to be the one that we lean on. He doesn't need any more people to be Jesus Christ. Jesus was the Savior. Jesus was, not us. And so I do want to encourage you. There will be prayer people up here to pray that prayer with you. And God is so worth it. So we're going to take this time. Feel free to stand at each campus. Feel free to stand. Feel free to sit. If you're with your spouse and maybe this isn't something you do together, let this be the first step that you take. If you're with your kids and this is, this is something that you don't do, start now. Let this be the first time. And let us be a church who believes in God. Not in our bank accounts, not in our schooling, but we would believe in him. And so I want to pray this real quickly. Father, let your spirit 
move throughout these campuses. Lord, move on the hearts of those who need to make this eternal decision. And I pray for the ears of those to receive the rhema that you have for them. We pray for confirmations for those who have already received a word from you, Lord. And help us be near to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm here for God. Come on. Let me pray this. I'm going to pray this over us here real quickly. Father God, we just thank you in advance for the words that you've spoken to us. We thank you, God, for your unconditional love. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you for what you see in us. God, help us today to continue to fight the good fight. Help us today to begin the life that you have called us to live. Help us, God, in our families. Help us in our workplaces. And help us, God, to be the sons and daughters that you have called us to be, that you've designed us to be, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Have a great rest of your day, guys. you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is our King, here is our